What's up, everyone? Wow, I am so excited to be here. I am super pumped to be saying this. So here we go. Let's get to it. Welcome to the very first episode of She Works Hard for the Money. Took everything in my soul not to sing that for you. Oh, it's such a sin. I have the worst singing voice ever, but what are you going to do? I didn't want to disrespect the queen herself, Ms. Donna Summer, at least not on the first episode, right? So thank you guys for tuning in and downloading episode one of my podcast, my passion project. That's what my mom's calling it. Uh, Oh, she wanted me to thank you too for being here and just listening and giving me a chance and letting this awful South Jersey accent flow through those beautiful earlobes of yours. I am here to tell you today that I am your hostess with the mostest Miss Nina Marie Scalera but like let's be real everyone who is tuning in today knows that because everyone who's listening are my friends or my family members or like a friend of a friend who's doing a friend a favor like thank you so much I see you we see each other um so thank you girls shout out to my girls let's get it out there promoting me hey fam thank you so much for supporting me I know you're cringing at what I'm going to say next but lest we not forget this is not reflect who I am as a human. This is just like a funky little thing that I'm doing. And obviously I'm going through something. So just like, let me live. But thank you for being here. Just in case we do have like a rogue follower, a rogue listener, or even like a hater out there, like what's good? Like I said, my name is Nina Marie Sclera. But of course, you can call me Nina, you can call me Neens, you can call me Nina Marie if you want to have like a little uh, Jody's man at you because you forgot to take the chicken out of the freezer moment. Uh, Go for it. Call me whatever the hell you want because chances are I've been called worse. So I hope everyone has their episode one cocktail in hand. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Or if you're like a little shook by me emphasizing the word cock and cocktail, maybe this podcast isn't for you. But if it is, head on over to Instagram and follow the She Works Hard for the Money page. And there you'll see the cute little video I posted of me making this week's drink. It's so simple. It's it's very easy. You don't have to be a bartender to make this vodka-based cocktail. Your 16-year-old cousin could make it. She's probably shaking up right now for her girlfriends. So go check that out. It's a drink that I've enjoyed all summer very light and refreshing and I do have I have mine right here I'm not going to sip it for you because it's just like not that kind of show unless you want it to be we can talk about that later so I know what some of you are thinking like oh I hate vodka I never drink vodka like what the hell is this girl doing like okay psychopath like I see you don't worry each week I'm going to make a different drink using a different spirit to just appease all my listeners because that's just who I am as a bartender you are welcome so feel free to slide on into them dms and be like yo Nina scale really been enjoying Hennessy lately can you craft me up something nice of course I can honey I make you whatever you want and then when it comes times that like I don't know what to make like don't worry I will do what every bartender does and I will google a cocktail for you so don't worry I got you so everyone go ahead grab your drink I'm really trying to hmm what's the word I'm really trying to make this like a fun bar setting I mean we would love nothing more during these corona times than just to be at a rockin' bar inside, preferably with some AC. Actually, like a nice lounge moment where I look to my left and there's just like a group of businessmen who are clearly on a client dinner with that fat gold Amex car that, you know, when you like slam it down on the bar, it like, you know, dings. And we're unlocked because none of them have rings on. So let's go, baby. So that's where we're at right now. We are all in the bar setting, feeling a good crowd. We got a great bartender, great tits. 
So just enjoy it, put your drinks up, and let's get into the first episode. So I want to share with you guys, when I first decided that I wanted to make a podcast, I had a ton of different ideas, a ton of different themes that I wanted the show to be about. I had a ton of different names. And then when I realized that I'm really not that interesting, that I'm just like, you know, a normal hot mess of a young lady, I decided to focus on something that I really know a lot about. And that's where I came up with this idea about talking to people about just server life and hospitality and mix that into what it's like being a young single bartender in New York City, aka the best city in all the world. We are praying for you, New York. We love you so, so, so much. So once that started, I had I went through several name changes. Oh my gosh. At one point, I was like delusional and wanted it to be called Bon Appetit, but thank you to my friends who talked me out of that one. So here we are today. And I did my research. I did my homework because I want to bring the best experience to you guys. And of course, I burned my eye balls out watching 500 videos on how to start a podcast and it's not that hard I mean anyone can do it so your girl is going to try to attack it and according to the google according to all these videos I must do this very important step to let my listeners know who I am and why you should listen to my podcast so like don't come for me this is just something I have to do I got to talk about myself. Oh, I know. So annoying, right? But ironically, talking about myself happens to be one of my favorite things. I don't know if I'm like just really good at it from all the experience that I have, for, like going on first dates or like interviews. I, I just don't know. I think I'm pretty good. So hopefully I don't get too long-winded. And if I do, just please bear with me and like st- don't stop listening because like I need you. Okay, great. So let's take it back to the 80s. The hair is big. The music is fire. Shawty on the dance floor and that is the time that my parents met. So my mom started working at the Sands Casino in Atlantic City at the young age of 17. She actually forged her birth certificate to start working as a cocktail server. Let's just say she looked very mature for her age and my father was there working as a dealer at the time and that is how they fell in love. But my mother likes to make it very clear. She was this your father and I were just friends at first. Okay, mom. Uh, she probably didn't want anyone to know because he was a little older than her. So they actually blew the sands up. They blew that bitch up. It is no longer there. After that, they went on over to the Tropicana, and that is where my dad works today. He's been there for 36 years. He is a supervisor, pit boss of craps games, so he worked himself up the ladder. And my mother had a long career in the casino, and now she is a server at a wonderful Italian restaurant in Atlantic City. So I thought it was pretty important to share with you guys about my parents and how they met and how they both have built such successful careers in this industry. I mean, clearly I have hospitality running through these veins. And now that I think about it, it probably explains why I'm such a degenerate at my core. And it's because my parents fell in love at the Jersey Shore. Wow, I just rhymed that. You should put that on a t-shirt, man. You can't make this shit up. But in all seriousness, I'm super thankful that both my parents taught my 
brother and I at such a young age how important it is to have a strong work ethic and to work hard for the money. Working in the casino is not for the weak people. I mean, you work crazy hours. You deal with some of the most obnoxious people. Sometimes they're like losing their entire life savings all while smoking Virginia Slims. It's just an odd place to be. And it takes a lot of positivity. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The key to customer service is all about having patience. That's just what you need to be successful and and not to get hardened by this industry. It makes you really nasty sometimes. A lot of negative Nancys in the hospitality industry. But no, 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 not my parents. They are both fun, energetic, kind people at their core. And that's truly because they have patience and respect every person that they deal with. So shout out to my parents. And you know, I'm not just doing this little tidbit for them because I am like living in their home rent free right now. I'm doing it because I mean it. And you know, I, I learned like early in my 20s that I was super lucky that my parents didn't screw me up. It's like when you go to college. That's when it was. was When I went to college, you meet all different walks of life. You meet the crazy girls, these awful asshole guys. And you're like, wow, uh, my parents did a pretty good job on me. Like, wow, I, I now I understand what it takes. Well, I don't understand what it takes to be a good parent, but I understand the importance of having good parents. And I'd like to think that they did a better job on my brother, like a 10 out of 10 on him. He's very successful. You know, he's a beautiful wife. They just bought their second home. So like, ooh, like, okay, we get it, Johnny, like you're better. So I, I'm going to say that they did a better job on him. Me, I'd give them like an 8.5. They they did a pretty good job. Honestly, I'd like to blame society for um, what's got me all fucked up. And then maybe that one ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it was. But overall, I'm very lucky to have those people raise me and show me how amazing and sometimes brutal this industry can be. Okay, enough about my parents. Let's get back to meh, the main attraction. However, if you guys are looking for an episode that is so dedicated to what it's like being back in your childhood bedroom at the age of 27, single, unemployed, and afraid during a national pandemic, just let me know. I can definitely provide you with that content. Uh, If it's a need, I can certainly, certainly deliver. But you know, let, let let me know. It's just like not bothering me or anything. I, I can I can do it. I mean, honestly, I'd give my therapist a little bit of a break. But however, let's get back to where I am in my life and how I got here. Uh, well, currently I am sitting in my parents' walk-in closet. Uh, apparently they didn't know when they built this house in the 90s that I was going to be here uh, doing this little thing. Uh, so they didn't build a studio in our home. So this closet is doubling as my studio. Apparently, according to Google, the clothes like double as those egg crates that you see in like, a real studio. You know those like egg crate things that like you used to have on your bed when you were like little? Yeah, yeah. No, this I think this is working out. Let me know how the sound is. But, you know, it's a work in progress. So let's really talk about how I got to where I am in my life. And let's try not to cry. So it all started when I was 14 years old. My parents had a fun little conversation with me. And when I say fun, I mean it was probably fun for them. They were like, honey, you're sucking us dry. It's time for 
you to get a J-O-B. And I was like, all right, you know, I knew the time was going to come. I want to buy a car. And uh, all right, let's let's do the damn thing. So obviously my mother pushed me into a restaurant. She was like, go. So I got my first job ever at Primo Pizza in Galloway, New Jersey. And it truly was as glamorous as it sounds. There I learned, you know, the fundamentals of certain things like what's the difference between a regular pie and a Sicilian pie, uh, how to take a hoagie order properly. So I'd say, yeah, it really shaped me as uh, the person I am today. After that, I moved on down the street to a, like a more elevated pizza joint because it was also an Italian restaurant. And there was where I had to prove myself and I started serving tables. It was my first waitressing experience. And I'd say it's pretty clear that you grow up a little quicker when you work in a restaurant versus your friends that work at Hollister or like Abercrombie & Fitch because you're working around people who are all different ages and sometimes like your parents' age who they have kids who are like your friends at school so they have no problem telling you if you're slacking off and like whipping you into shape so it makes you it makes you grow up a little quicker so I'm very thankful for that I also worked for an Italian family so they had no problem also telling me when I was like totally fucking up and it was it was great I love you Fabi forever after that I did what every other 18 year old does in South Jersey I took my talents to Hooters in Atlantic City now if you were paying paying attention earlier you know that my father works at Tropicana and the Hooters just so happens to be located in the Tropicana so I thought I was like hot shit I was making great money running around in those little shorts and obviously people don't go there for like the quality uh, chicken that they serve they go there for the environment so I was like wow bachelor parties are so awesome I love them so much so I'd be like waiting on a table of dudes and everything's going great and all of a sudden they're just like blank stares on their face and I'm like oh god did I say you guys all right is like did I get you Thai chili instead of the hot sauce everything okay and they're like, don't look now, but there's like this guy, he's in a suit, he's a pretty aggressive mustache, he's like staring at us right now, you know that guy? I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's my dad, he works upstairs and he, he like kind of comes down and checks on me sometimes, like just ignore him, like please, like just act like he's not there, it's fine, it's fine. And they're like, I don't know, he looks like he could have been in the mob, like he's kind of freaking me out, I'm like, oh my god, so that was not a fun experience, I'd be like in the weeds, like running curly fries and he'd be like, hey, what's up? I'm like, dad, like leave me alone, like I, and hey, I can't even talk right now. So that was just a great time in my life as an 18-year-old girl. Uh, after that, I moved on upstairs. Tropicana opened up this great club that is still there today. It was my funnest job ever, Boogie Nights. It's a 70s, 80s disco club. And if you guys can't like tell already, I'm an old soul at heart. What better way to go like into work, serve bottles, serve cocktails while listening to Whitney Houston? Like it's truly my favorite job I ever had. And there is where I learned the very important but harsh life lesson. Now, my parents warned me about this, and I also, like, dabbled in it at Hooters a little bit, but not so much. It was truly at the Boogie Nights where they thrived. I learned, unfortunately, how disgusting and gross some older men can be. And it it really opened my eyes to 
wow, maybe I should stay in college. (laughs) This is not the life that I want to live. But later on, I learned how to embrace those disgusting old men. But that's for a whole other episode. We will get there. But yeah, I learned that awful, harsh life lesson and it's pretty, pretty gross. Anyway, after Boogie Nights, I went over to the Borgata and I became a cocktail server on the casino floor. I took right after my mother and I became a Borgata babe. Now there I worked every summer when I was home from college. So I worked the twilight shift. And if anyone, you know, maybe actually a lot of people probably don't know what twilight is. I would go into work from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. So while all my young 20 friends were out partying up at the Jersey Shore in the summer, I was going to bed at 9 p.m. at night, waking up in the middle of the night at like 2.45 and rolling out of bed and going into work. And now let's just imagine the creatures that are at the casino gambling on the floor at 4 a.m. Like, yeah, it was definitely an interesting an interesting place to work, but honestly, such great memories and lots and lots of moolah. I can't tell you where that money is now. It's definitely gone. It's probably at Landmark Americana in Glassboro, but great times and those casino stories will come up again in the future. So just wait. After that, I knew I was done college. I knew I wanted to move to New York City. I was like, I really want to get some kind of bartending experience. I want to move to New York and bartend. So I was lucky enough to get a job back in Galloway, took it back to my roots at Fred and Ethel's in the Smithville Village. Now, some may call it like a dive bar, but they have great food. It was a decent sized bar for like locals and people that were like shopping in the area. There, I really learned what it took to be a bartender. Of course, I really only served like Coors Light and shots of JMO. It was like just that kind of space. A lot of after parties for weddings. So like vodka sodas and vodka red bulls like pretty limited but still I got like a good amount of experience so then I moved to the big old apple well queens the story of queens the queen of queens I am and I got a job at what happens to be one of my favorite places ever like now and I'm gonna be judged hardcore for this but this is just like the cross I have to bear in my life bounce sporting club and go ahead judge me i really don't care it is a fun time and the music is wonderful and if you disagree you are trash actually i'm trash for loving that place but it's fine so i got a job bartending there and i was super hyped i'm like sick like i'm gonna be serving green tea shots all the Staten island boys like this is awesome and i was like ready to go and but then I also got hired at the restaurant that I'm at now and it's a it was a very nice place I'm like oh this is a little like too classy for me it was like had an extensive specialty cocktail menu great menu the clientele was like men in suits and business women I'm like um like I'm a little intimidated but you know what I didn't move to New York City to be serving you know cherry bomb shots to Tony and his boys like I'd rather be hanging out with Tony and his boys. So let me try to take this job here and become, you know, a better bartender and a better all around, you know, person that works in hospitality. So I've been at this restaurant ever since. It's been about two years and it's been amazing. And just like many others, coronavirus has thrown a big fat wrench in my life plans. So I'm so excited to get back to the city, back to my people, my regulars. Oh my gosh, I miss them so much much. 
Uh, so yeah, that concludes this segment of me talking about myself. Congratulations, guys. Take a big sip of your drink. You made it through. Honestly, talking about all the places that I worked, don't I sound like a weathered woman? Like I've been around the block a few times, sis. Like, who? I didn't know that I worked at all those places. But it, it was very important to share with you guys. This is how I got my experience and just giving you a like a good layout for what this show has to offer and the kinds of stories that I will be telling you guys. So I guess you can call this my safe space where I will be discussing restaurant and bar reviews, showcasing some special guests, and of course, disclosing some of the craziest things that I've seen while working hard for the money. Which brings me to today's topic. Not that I really want to talk about this because in my opinion, it's super played out. I'm sick of the narrative. And to be honest, I have a personal vendetta against this topic because it has really jammed up my dating life. So yep, yeah. Guest, if people were talking about coronavirus, specifically on how corona has hit the hospitality industry. The restaurant that I bartend at in the city has closed for the time being, just like so many other places in New York. So I've been picking up some serving shifts at my best friend's restaurant down here in South Jersey, the Red Room Cafe, delicious homemade Italian food. Mm. Chef's kiss. There you go. A little plug for the Gata family. Also, I'm just putting this out there. I I don't know if someone from the IRS just happens to be a fan of my show. Don't worry. I made the switch to partial unemployment. I'm filling out the correct answers. All right. Just don't come for me. I I can't handle any more stress in my life. I just had to put that out there. Anyway, it was there when I started working some outside dining shifts that I just had to share with my listeners some tips and tricks on how to thoroughly enjoy your COVID-19 dining experience. Selfishly, I was like super excited for this phase to begin. I don't know about you, but I could finally eat a fresh french fry that didn't come in a styrofoam box. But of course, I was happy for my people to get back to work and for everyone to have some kind of normalcy in our lives. Heavy emphasis on the some kind. We are all trying our best to adapt to the new normal. Trust me, I know it's a struggle. I still leave the house without bringing the friggin' mask. So I get it. But when it comes to outside dining, I just have to believe that it's not like we're like reinventing the wheel here, people. Restaurants and bars are just trying their best to pivot and follow the regulations and rules that they are being told. So I have to assume that you have eaten and dined outside maybe once or twice in your life. So apparently it's not that crazy of a concept. It's just annoying now because they're telling us that's the only thing we can do. And listen, I don't do well in the heat. I don't look that good in the heat. I got upper lip sweat. It's not something I really enjoy. But however, if I want to go out get dressed up, have someone else serve me, cook me my food, clear my table, and shake me up a dirty martini. That is just something that I'm going to have to put up with in 2020. So something that I've been finding to be super helpful for myself, my family, my friends, and patrons at the Red Room is if you call ahead and make a reservation. Now I know it's frustrating because maybe you're used to just like rolling off the beach and say let's go get some oysters, but unfortunately you might not find success in that because 
places are running out of space to put you. I mean, think about it. Their inside dining is completely kaput. And if you don't have sidewalk space, if you don't have a side street, or even unable to get tents because they're selling out like hotcakes, you have nowhere to put these people. So by calling and making a reservation, you have a better chance you can manage your expectations to see if you're going to dine out that night instead of just showing up at 7.30 on a Saturday night and yelling at the 17-year-old hostess who's down from Philly that you're really mad because you don't have a table for four outside at a very popular restaurant at the Jersey Shore. So yes, reservations is kind of a smart idea. Try to plan your week ahead. I know you got some extra time on your hands. Go out and uh, support those restaurants. Now the ones that are unfortunate and can't do outside dining because they just don't have the space, honestly it's such a sin for them. Try your best to support them and get takeout orders if they are offering it. Now, my second tip is going to be a bit of a controversial one. I mean, this is not a political show. I am not that educated to even talk about those things. So trust me, I won't. And, but this is just something for someone who is working in the industry. I just got to say it and I got to put it out there. When you come to a restaurant that you are dining outdoors, whether you have a reservation or not, you're meeting a friend for one drink, whatever it is, when you walk up to the hostess, when you walk up to wherever you are in the restaurant, just wear the damn mask, okay? You got to. They're going to tell you to if they don't tell you to. Like an old lady that's sitting at the table in front of the restaurant is going to tell you to. So just please put it on. When you sit your coolie down on the seat, you can take it off. It's, it's very simple. Now I'm going to tell you about a little funny story. So I was working last week and I had a table of people, let's just call them like 65 and older, uh, dining with me. For the most part, they were fine. Had a little bit of an issue. She wanted to sit here, but then you know, then she didn't want to sit here, and I wanted to sit her somewhere else, but then she wound up wanting to sit where I wanted to sit her originally. Anyway, a little bit of an issue, no biggie. People were approaching the restaurant who were also dining there, who ha- they had a reservation too. Uh, they weren't wearing the mask. So I was super busy. The hostess was, everyone was busy. So maybe they just didn't have the chance to say, hey, while you wait for your table, could you put the mask on? So my guest at my table, you know, the 65 plus table, felt it was um, appropriate to yell at the woman while she had half of like a piece of octopus hanging out of her mouth to put on the mask and step away from her table. Now, I was at the table next to them taking an order, so I, you know, I did the polite thing, and I was like, it just excuse me for one moment, we have a little bit of an issue over here. So now I'm in the crossfire of the lady with the octopus hanging out her friggin' mouth. She has no mask on because, you know, she's eating. And then the other woman who is waiting for a table who has no mask on, they're both yelling at each other, and I'm in the middle trying to defuse Use the situation. So why spit is flying at me, I'm getting yelled at from both directions. By the woman who's standing without a mask, tell your lady at your table to calm down. And then the octopusy lady's like, I'm never dining here again. You gotta tell her to put a mask on. If anything, I should be the one who's jammed up because you're both spitting on me and I got a mask on. So it's just a hot mess. 
do what you're supposed to because at the end of the day, you're not helping the old 65 lady. You're helping the people that are owning and working in the restaurant. So my next tip actually comes from a Facebook post that I saw today, and I was just like so inspired to speak about it. This woman decided that it was necessary to write up a post on Facebook about a place that she goes and normally dines and gets the burger that normally cost $7.50. And she was appalled, disturbed, and wanted to, quote unquote, warn everyone to not dine there because the burger now cost $8.20. And I just thought that this was hilarious because A, like to not tell everyone not to dine there because there was a bit of a price increase is just just so comical, especially in these corona times. Like, what do you think? Restaurants are out here thriving and scamming you for an $8.20 burger, lady? Like, it, it's just so crazy. So I have obviously mentally prepared to say, all right, you know, when I go out to eat and drink, maybe some places are going to be a little more pricier than they were before. But you know what? That th- This is just what it is because this is the world that we live in right now. But honestly, I haven't seen it yet. I only saw it from, you know, Miss Susan's Facebook page today. But if you are tight on money, no one will judge you. Trust me, I understand. I'm paying rent money for a New York City apartment that I haven't even stepped foot in in three months. So we are on the same boat and no one is judging you. I think it's very important to say to yourself, you know, if I can't go out and eat right now, it's not that big of a deal. Or if you get to a restaurant, you look at the menu and you're like, yeah, these prices are a bit too high for me. I'm going to have to excuse myself. And you just say, hey, you know what? Something came up. I can't dine here. I have so much more respect for someone who does that versus taking up a table for you know an hour and unfortunately not tipping the server because they just can't afford it. I don't find that to be an excuse. I find that to be like an actual problem. So unfortunately... These price increases are something that you just might see when you go out and eat. It might be something that you'd have to reconsider when choosing to dine at a certain restaurant or bar. Alrighty, the next hot tip that I have for you guys just happens to be one of my favorite things in the world. I love to receive these. I even love to give these. I can get them in a couple different ways, either cash or credit. And yes, you guessed it, we're talking about tips. I hope that's what you thought I was talking about. This is a family show. My father's going to listen, all right? So yes, we're talking about tips, specifically tips during coronavirus. Obviously, your servers and bartenders were shook up at the beginning of this and we're out of work and are trying to make up for lost time. They're back at work. They're running around in the heat like chickens with their head cut off, sweating in places you didn't even think you could sweat. So they're working hard and they're working hard for the money. So it's important to show these people some love and even your bartender some love. Now I'm a type of girl who loves to dine at the bar. I love to drink at the bar. Sometimes I get up on top of the bar. I love being at the bar. Now for some reason with this whole outside dining, a lot of places aren't allowing you to sit at the bar, which just sucks for me as a bartender and as a person who loves sitting on the other side of the bar. So I've been asking the hostesses or an employee like, hey, is there like a high top that I can sit at after I go and grab a drink from the bartender and, you know, not take up a whole entire table because I'm just getting some cocktails. Usually if the place is large enough, they have like a little section dedicated where you can show the bartender some love and go sit somewhere else. 
Pets. So if that is something that you normally enjoy but aren't getting lately because of these outside dining rules, make sure you ask because you never know what their layout is or what their setup is. And that way you can also help out the bartender and still not take up a whole table if you're just getting one or two drinks. Okay, here we are at the fifth and final tip that I have for you guys on how to fully enjoy your outside dining experience. Now, I'm going to sound a bit corny and no Ellen DeGeneres didn't take over the microphone. It's me, Neenscale, telling you that having an open mind and just being kind to everyone you come in contact with, not even the wait staff, not even the manager, everyone around you, the other people dining, I really think you will truly enjoy moving forward with this new way of life. If you go out and you don't like the way the 16-year-old busser is wiping down your table, that's fine. There is a way to approach him in a kind manner and just be like, yo, bud, I'd appreciate if you wiped down our table again. We're just being super cautious. We'd like you to sanitize it a bit more. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. You don't have to run to the manager. You don't have to take to Facebook and talk shit on a restaurant and say they're not clean. It's so funny, like in personal relationships, everyone is so quick to say like, oh, I need words of affirmation to be a successful partner. Like, oh, this is what we need to have a great relationship. Like what happened to words of affirmation to your waitstaff in the restaurant? Like why can't you just tell like the server or the bartender they're doing a good job? And, you know, leaving a nice tip is, of course, very nice. But sometimes, especially during everything that's going on in the world, being kind and just telling someone, hey, we see you're working your ass off. We see like you're running around the restaurant like good job. Keep it up. And people are spending tons and tons of money on outside furniture, on these tents, on just really trying to make their restaurant survive what's going on in the world. So if you like someone's outside dining setup, make sure you tell people about it. And this is what I really want to encourage everyone to do. Next time you go out to eat, hopefully it's a positive one. If not, wait for the positive experience. Make sure you take to Yelp, to TripAdvisor, to Facebook and write about your experience. Talk about how the setup was, how like their cleanliness was and how the server or bartender or even hostess was. Make sure you get their name and it, I, I promise you it'll make you feel good. I can't explain like what feeling it is. Maybe like a little like butterfly action in the lower abdomen. That's what it does for me and I know it will do it for you. So like I said, I know this was like a bit corny, but I had to bring you losers back to the basics because the actions that I've been seeing from these people while I'm at work have truly disturbed me. And I'm about to go take a shot because now I'm thinking about it again. I'm getting a little hot and sweaty, like replaying the shift I worked the other night. So definitely try it out. I promise you, you will feel good. Like, and you're welcome. I'm just providing you with this information to help you grow as a human. We made it. We finished the very first episode of She Works Hard for the Money. And when I say we, I mean me because I really did all the work. But seriously, thank you so much for tuning in and for giving me a shot. Oh, speaking of shot, I have to go make another drink. And you should too. But of course, like always, drink responsibly, people. So go ahead and follow the She Works Hard for the Money Instagram page. That is works with an E. Do not get it twisted, honey. There is where you will see the content that I post. And of course, get all the updates on when I'm releasing new episodes. 
feel free to slide in my DMs and let me know what you enjoyed and loved about today's episode. And I don't know, maybe if there's like some things that you didn't love or wanted to change, just let me know. But please be nice. You know I've been going through it the past couple of months. You can tell by this emo episode that I got a lot going on. So be gentle to your girl and just give me a couple weeks to like figure out how to use GarageBand, okay? So thank you again, fam. I truly appreciate you. And once again, this is your girl, Neen Scale, showing you what it's like to work hard for the money, so hard for it honey. Don't forget to tip your servers, bartenders, and in the spirit of Ellen DeGeneres having some bad press, please be kind to one another.